it's Rhonda Shortino. Thank you so much for joining me for Live, Love, Survive, and Thrive. I know there's lots of other stuff that you could be listening to, but this podcast is for you. It's to help you live an amazing life, the life that you were born to live. It's to help you love, to put your love into action, because that will change your life and the lives of everyone within your influence. It's to help you survive the tough times and to help you mine the lessons out of everything you go through, especially the most painful stuff that you go through, and to use those exact things to thrive. Let's jump right into a conversation I had with William Wubenhorst, MBA, formerly Associate Commissioner of the HHS Youth and Family Services Bureau. The transformational aspects of the um, of uh, the Open Table Initiative has to do with um, you know relationship. It, it's not you know giving somebody a piece of furniture or clothing or even a job. Now, a lot of these things will come out of the open table um, experience, but they are, they are never explicit goals um, in the process. The relationship, developing the relationship is the central activity. I, I love that. And, and Jenny, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you in here in a second because I know that you read the study. Um, I just wanted to point out to everybody, I know that we have... Um, some friends watching from uh, Vanguard University's Global Center for Women and Justice. We have Dr. Sandy Morgan watching and Dr. Annalisa and Relay from the USC School of, uh, Suzanne Dwork Peck School of Social Work. And I, I would just wanna point out, um, one of the things that so uh, impressed me about you and what you do, because I know this is not the only study that you've done, you've done- right multiple like there's something like 19 studies is that right yeah yeah they're all on the uh on the case study uh website at baylorisr.org baylorisr.org for for all 19 of them and so so you in your role as the associate commissioner at hhs for family and youth services bureau you had to see programs of you know across the spectrum so you you have to know surely which ones really work which ones uh really are sustainable in terms of meaningful life change and and so i'm when for me for you to say i did this study this really works I like this program. I put enormous weight on that because of what you've seen. And it, it has so touched me that you said, I'm gonna read this so that I don't get it wrong. You said, relationships bring transformation and transformation produces results. I yeah. think that's so huge. There are so many people, um, Many of them, like me, who, who came out of abusive childhoods or rescued trafficking victims, you know, people who come from hard places often want to change the world. They want to reach back to the people who are on the path where they used to be. Mm -hmm. and, and we can 
work ourselves into an early grave. We can bang our heads against walls trying to bring change on the government level, um, you know, and on, on all kinds of levels. And, and what so impresses me about the open table, about this study and about what you've said, knowing all the programs that you're, uh, you know, very intimately familiar with, that really, if we want to change the world, it starts with relationships. Yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, the Beltway and a lot of the public policy world doesn't understand that um, it is a it is a relationships are nonlinear. You can't just write it into a grant. What you can do is create the circumstances that will lead to healthy relationships, and healthy relationships is going to be the cornerstone for long-term transformation. Mm. Right. Well, you know, what I find it so fascinating is, is, you know, it's kind of like the power of connection, you know, mm -hmm. so based on your research and, and the wonderful stories, the power of connection with people that I, I think often feel isolated. And you yeah. were mentioning like when we give them something, you walk away with that thing and you still feel isolated. Yeah. You know, so in the in the work that you've done and the experiences, can you speak to that just on an emotional level about that power of connection that people end up receiving and what that does for them? Yeah, and I think, you know, it, I've had the I've had the privilege, I've done a lot of on-site research. So I've been on the ground and I've seen things up front. And then I've spent some time in the beltway and trying to figure out how, you know, how do we get these things to connect? And ultimately, what, what gets attention, with, and you could argue how much of the attention of federal government do we really need, um, given the fact that the impetus of this is in the community, there's certainly ways that government could help in strengthening the capacity and scaling it up. But, you know, that's the first question you have to ask yourself, you know, do you think that the Beltway really is a center of power or is it in your community? Um, and I think um, I did a very rudimentary evaluation. I think that we have to um, center all these conversations around outcomes uh, because I could tell you something and I could describe something and you could get all sorts of warm fuzzies about it and think it's a great idea. And this happens all the time in public policy somebody communicates something that sounds really good, but guess what? They don't all work. And so, you know, there is certainly a need for evaluation, but there's also a need for social researchers to understand the nuances of outcomes. Uh, it's easy to evaluate a program based on jobs and income and those types of outcomes, but to evaluate what I would argue are the important outcomes requires a different set of tools and a different set of outcomes. And I can say on a personal level, um, I collected, you know, I worked with the caseworkers. I got a baseline. It's all in the case study of where these people were at and then where were they 12 months later. And, and those outcomes are remarkable, but having the opportunity to meet, uh, these young people uh, aging out of foster care, young families, what really struck you is the poise and maturity 
that they presented. And I, I am now I had I didn't meet them at the beginning of the process, but you just read what these people have been through and the way they presented themselves, their poise and their maturity um, was really the to me one of the most remarkable things. And you learn leadership because you got a group of people that are there to help you. You've got to learn leadership skills. So the you know we we need to you know. I don't want people to say open table is great because from a descriptive standpoint, it's appealing. We have to find a way to show results. And I even included a return on investment study because efforts like this don't cost a lot because the volunteer is the front and center. And, and those table members are what open table does. Open table is a training organization. They're just there to take these volunteers and train them up into uh, you know, basic skills like active listening and other things. But other than that, the work and the success is entirely a function of the table members and what they do. I find that fascinating. William, you were talking about you know, another outcome besides the job. What I'm hearing you say is that people are learning <laughs> to lead themselves. Yeah. Yep. Maturity, you use the word maturity, you use the word poise. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I mean, it's, it's simple. We, we know this from, you know, uh, raising children and, you know, people feel better about themselves when other people find them valuable enough to spend time with them. Yes. And, and that is immeasurable. And unfortunately, you know, I really think um, in the, in the broader picture, uh, I think we have a general understanding that maybe um, uh, you know the war on poverty wasn't didn't wasn't all it was cranked up to be. But really, how much of the vestiges of that are we still operating under, and why? And and you know, there's 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 a huge amount of resources that go out in terms of grants and all these things. But I think there's there's something that needs to be in the middle of that. I think volunteers with community-based organizations are often a side dish. Um, open Table says they're the main meal. Um, and, and you build out from that. And that's where, and, and this is not a, a criticism. We need human service professionals. They play an important role. But I think we need to start thinking about building out our programs. Now, the linchpin, of course, is that there are volunteers that are willing to do this heavy lift. If, there, if, if the volunteers aren't out there, then the, the, the level of impact of, of Open Table is limited. Um, so far, um, where Open Table has been implemented, people are showing up and they are doing that heavy lift. Um, and I think we need to, to figure out through Open Table and other things, how to, I think it's an untapped resource and. And in the wake of COVID and all the money that we're spending that we're borrowing, it's hard to conceive that we can support our current approach to social services anyways. Right. I, I was involved in a pilot program with a large church in Southern California a few years back. And uh, to the point of, of the volunteers, we literally had more people sign up to be volunteers than, than we had kids in the program. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that 
at least it's been my experience in working with nonprofit organizations, primarily private nonprofit child welfare organizations all over the United States for the last 30 years, people want to help. And yeah. they, 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 want, um, they want to know how they can help. And normally, I mean, it's again, it's just been my experience. This isn't the case 100% across the board. But, but usually what we say to people who show up and say, hey, what can I do? We say, well, you can adopt a kid. You can be a foster parent. Uh, you can buy a ticket to the gala. You can play in our golf tournament yeah. or write a big check. And if you can't do any of those things, then we, we really don't have any way for you to help. Yeah. And it's sad because most people turn away and go, okay, well, I tried. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and, and many folks who will, uh, you just take it upon themselves to go, you know, do some kind of a, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get backpacks and school supplies. They'll take it yeah. upon themselves to do a shoe drive or a backpack drive or something like that. And I've seen people do that and work really hard and, and talk to all their friends and neighbors and relatives and get people engaged and they do something good. And then they never hear from the nonprofit. Yeah. And, and then they fall away because they feel like they were not appreciated. And there was something that you said to me in a conversation, I, I can't even remember exactly when, but you said something about, um, you know, just really most social services organizations not having the, uh, well, probably my language, not yours, but not just not having the bandwidth to really mm -hmm. nurture those relationships with those volunteers and, and help them to know that they are more than window dressing. Yeah. And, and I think that that's so incredibly important. And I think it, it sounds to me like what you're saying now and, and in, this, in this study is that it's, it's critically important mm -hmm. that we have a mind shift about volunteers, that they're, yeah. that they're not just, okay, we, you know, we've got to do something with these people, you know, right. let's come up with busy work or something for them, but, but that we really engage folks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think open table, you know, the, the training is is pretty rigorous. It's like 15 to 20 hours of training. So I think some people as volunteers, they that's affirmation right there. They're going to spend this much time. They're going to invest this much time and resource training me. And that in turn is going to make them more serious and more committed as a volunteer. So I think that that is, you know, really a critical piece of it in many respects is um, the degree to which you, you know, you let the volunteer know that um, how important they are. And there are other models. Uh, there's a community convening model that's also in the case study, which takes the same idea of the table, but instead of uh, a table friend, you might have a struggling community-based organization and the people coming alongside are bringing a variety of, of their social networks and their business skills to come alongside that community-based organization so they can scale up to meet the need in their community. So there's an aspect of open table in community convening that's really getting into the world of skilled-based volunteering, but the relationship aspect of it is the same as it is for a table. 
Oh, that's really good. So uh, in our last few minutes here, I can't believe our time has just flown. Um, if somebody wants to bring the open table model to their community, mm -hmm. what do they do? Where do they go? Well, you go uh, to theopentable.org and you fill out uh, an information sheet and then somebody from the organization um, will reach out to you. Um, I, I work as a consultant and a researcher uh, for Open Table, and we have uh, other research projects that I'd be happy to come back and talk about uh, once they go out. Um, but just go to theopentable.org, uh, and it should be just a few clicks away. Very good. All right. Well, so in our in our last few seconds here, Jenny, do you have anything that you want to add? I, we wrap I, up. I absolutely love it. I think it's tremendous. I mean, the transformation, the connection with relationship, and it really gives hope to people. Uh, I mean, it's just fantastic. And what I love about the volunteers situation is there's no, there's no boundary to, you know, there's not an age thing. There's not a, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's so neat because that's exactly the beautiful recipe that the friends get to have is the experiences, the age, the wisdom of those mm -hmm. who participate, which I think is so fabulous because there's so many things that can create boundaries for people that they can't do and this and that. But this gives just a, a plethora of opportunity for people of all ages and all backgrounds to be a friend to somebody on, on the open table. I think that's yep. amazing. Yeah, yep. I, I feel the same way. It seems very natural, very holistic. It's not, it's not like a forced, um, you know, you're the recipient of this goodwill and here's the mentor and we're going to put you together like almost like marrying people on the first date. <laughs> yeah. Kind of creeps me out a little bit. I mean, having been, you know, a kid out of care, I think I would have resisted that if somebody would have done that. But this sounds like just a, a natural, easy thing. So yeah, and I think at the other end, um, I think uh, we've, you know, we've got to think about how social workers are getting trained up and, and we have to expose this model to social workers and, and kind of challenge them in terms of the assumptions and the models that they're working from and to develop, you know, a better capability to interface with uh, entities like Open Table, you know, for the benefit of the, the people that they're serving. Yeah, well, it would be so awesome if you would just turn this study into a curriculum and teach it at every school of social work all across the country and we Sign can get an army of social workers to do this, yeah. to participate. Yeah. Okay, well, let's do that. That's your homework assignment, William. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. This has been awesome. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about the other, uh, the other studies, the other programs. I trust your judgment. If, if you say it's a good thing, I know it's a good thing. All right. I'll take on that responsibility then. All right. Very good. See you next time. Yep. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I hope that you'll subscribe. I hope you'll share with others and, and just come alongside of us in helping people to live, love, survive, and thrive. See you next time.